Well, hey there, friend. I am so glad that you are here. It's your girl, Steph. If you have frequently listened to the Between the Busy podcast here, welcome back. If this is your first time tuning in, maybe you're like, Steph, I didn't even know that this was a thing. I'm so glad that you're here. Listen, before we dive into the content today, the reason for putting this together is just to give you a little bit of encouragement to help just refresh and exercise your mind. You'll hear me talk about that a lot. Your your mindset is just as much of an, a muscle that needs to be exercised, just like our physical body that I teach in, in my virtual gyms. But this is really important. And the reason that this is called Between the Busy is because, let's be honest, we are all absolutely busy. And I used to use that as the biggest excuse as to why I wasn't able to do things or why I wasn't able to make time for the things that were most important to me. I was just always too busy. And so what I want to challenge you with before we even dive into this is I want you to just redefine what busy means for you, because the truth is we make time for the things that's most important. And I remember hearing that years ago and feeling like someone just punched me in the gut, but it was it was that loving truth that I needed to hear. And so my intention here with us these next couple minutes is really just to be able to silence the noise around you, to get your eyes focused on what you can control. Because busy friend, listen, I know that especially right now in this season, there's a lot that we cannot control. And if we focus on the chaos and crazy around us, it's going to drive us insane. So I just want to shift your focus. The other thing that I want to do, my goal is, is to just uplift and encourage you. And not just to to share with you, oh, well, these are Steph's great ideas, because honestly, I'm not that bright. <laughs> but I do, I do just want to be the one person in your day-to-day to just speak a little bit of life over you. And if you give me permission to just open your eyes and help you shift your perspective for you to discover and to see maybe something that you've never realized or you've never considered before. So that's that's the purpose of our time here together. Are you ready? All right. We're going to try and knock this out in one take. Why? Um, I could stop and edit and cut and paste. Number, number one, I'm too busy. Ain't nobody got time for that. But number two, what I want you to get in this conversation, I want it to be genuine. I want it to be real. I want it to be unedited. So listening to me say a million ums and maybe laugh at myself or get tripped up. That's listen, that's just how life goes. And I want you to see that I'm just as much human and I'm just as much flawed and imperfect as you are. But together where we get to lean in, there's there's a lot of goodness that happens. So are, are you good with that? <laughs> are you down with that? All right. Steph, stop talking. Let's get to what we're talking about. All right. I recently went to my social media and I asked in my stories for all of my followers what do you want to hear about right now? Because the truth of the matter, and this relates to what we're talking about, I can plan all day long. I can have the best of intentions. I can take out all of the the fun Sharpies because I think it makes my handwriting look better. I can use all of the highlighters because if something's color coordinated, it makes me feel like I've got my life together. I can do all the planning, but then sometimes plans change. Whether we, we call for them to change or whether something unexpected comes and it knocks us off track. And so I had a plan of originally what I was going to come and talk to you about in today's podcast episode. But then there was this like tap on my shoulder, nudge from the pit of my stomach. Do you know that feeling where it's just like, oh, like I kind of feel like I need to do something different. 
And I don't know if you've experienced that in, in your life. I can tell you with me, I, I was always too busy to acknowledge that tap on the shoulder. And then I would I would usually get myself in trouble or it would take me three times longer to get something done because I, I was trying to be so stubborn and I'm going to do it my way. And what I've learned to realize is truthfully, life taps us on the shoulder multiple times throughout the year. But if we are too busy to pay attention or to actually listen and follow that, chances are you're going to miss something. And I, I've learned from my own mistakes. I didn't want to miss it this time. And so when I felt that tap on my shoulder, when I felt that nudge to change things up, I have learned to stop white knuckling my plans to open my hands, to surrender my agenda, my own selfish ambition, and just whether you say go with the flow, whether you, you want to be super spiritual and say, listen to the Lord, whatever it is, I, I just listen. I've learned to be obedient in whatever that nudge is. And so anyway, went to social media and I'm like, all right, here's, here's kind of the two topics. We can stick to the plan and talk about work versus wish, or we can kind of go in the direction that I feel like we need to go and talk about having faith in the middle. Majority of you, majority of my followers said, I need to hear about faith in the middle. And the explanation to that is how do you, from the point of this is where I was to this is where I am going to go, or this is where I know the direction is that I've been called. What do I do in that gap where I don't see it? Like, I don't feel like anything's working. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I've, I've made any sort of progress. How do you still stay the course without throwing in the towel and going, Oh, it must not be working. I must have been wrong. God must have been wrong. Like it's, I'm just, I'm going to go back to what I thought worked. That's what, that's what we mean by faith in the middle. The truth is friend, there's always going to be a gap. There's always going to be a gap. If you are, um, if you are working on a health and fitness journey, right? I know there's, there's hundreds of women, thousands of women that I've had the honor to mentor and coach over the past seven years as a health and wellness coach who we've all been there. I've been there. We have that before photo, that dreaded before photo where we're like, all right, I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to get healthy and, and we're going to create healthy habits, all that stuff. You have that before photo and we're constantly working towards that after. Right. And, and for some of us, if I can just be honest, I'm still, I'm still pursuing that greatest, best, shiniest version of myself. I, I haven't gotten there yet. And to be honest, friend, you won't either. Until we get to heaven, we're not going to hit that point. And But so many of us, we get so discouraged because we have this image in our head of what that after is supposed to look like. And when either that process takes longer than expected, or we slip up and have <laughs> one too many Diet Cokes and Snickers during the, the mid-afternoon sweet tooth or life happens and we just get derailed. We get pushed off the wagon or, or on the wagon, whichever is correct. I don't even know. We get discouraged. And then we sit back and we go, well, wait a minute, that must not be working. Maybe your middle is the season of life that you're in right now. I remember being a brand new mama and, and I've, I, I know you know, I come from a big family. I'm I'm the oldest of four, and I just I, I I love I love my family, and I knew that I was meant to be a mama. That that was part of my calling was to be a mama. And I remember when both Emma and Brody were born. Is and and mamas maybe you've done the same thing too. They're born, and then we're like, oh, I can't wait for them to start crawling. Like we get excited about those milestones, and then they start crawling, 
And then now you've got to like baby proof the house. And then you're like, oh, I can't wait till they start walking because then I can free up my hands and I'm not carrying them around everywhere. Right. And and then you realize that creates a whole different set of issues because now you're chasing them around all over the place. And then so we start wishing for that next milestone, that next after. And what happens in the meantime, mamas, we know this. How many times? Well, I volunteer as tribute. I can't tell you how many times I found myself in a corner in my closet, crying my eyes out because I felt like I just sucked at mom life that day or that week or that month or, or the times where, you know, Emma's hitting the phase where she's, she's sibling rivalry is real in the cram house, first of all. So her and Birdie are fighting constantly. And then we, we've hit a phase where the sass mamas with girls, you know, this, first of all, our mother's curse works because I remember my mom, I, I was the bad one of the four of us. Any of my any of my siblings will tell you I was the one that made life easier for them because I I got in all the trouble. And so anything that they could have possibly done was like, oh, it was perfect in, in my mom's eyes. But I, I was that the, the mother's curse works. And my mom would, would say, I hope one day you have a child that acts the exact same way that you act. And thank you, Mama P. That worked. That's exactly what happened. And so Emma has the same, like, I, I say stubbornness because I'm stubborn too. She's got the same boldness. She's got the same mouth on her, like the sass and talking back. And and mamas, have you ever had that moment with your child where they say something to you and you just, you just want to pop them? Like you just want to get them because it's, it's disrespectful, but you're like, oh man, like, I feel like they're, they're, that's exactly what I used to say. And then you, it's like, you're struggling with yourself because you want to be, you want to be mad at them and you want to be like a good parent. But then at the same time, it's like, oh man, like I, I can't, because I, that's, that's literally what I've said. Right. There's, there's always that gap. There's that gap. And sometimes that gap is frustrating is my point. Um, so let's, let's get to what I want to share with you. When we talk about having this piece called faith now, I feel like this is something that we all wrestle with because some of us, I was one of these people, we have this really twisted, jaded idea of what we think faith is. Now, I'm I'm not going to take you to church, though I could. (laughs) I'm not going to do that today. We're going to keep it short. Some of us, we look at this definition of faith and we base it off of a religiosity. Religion was created by man. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about a set of rules or like say 15 Hail Marys and a side of fries. And you're going to be, that's not what we're talking about today. Let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it practical. What does it mean to have faith? Faith, according to my Bible, says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Hebrews 11.1. Faith, my friends, first of all, Do you realize it doesn't cost you anything to have it? And it doesn't matter what your circumstance looks like. You can be in that before. You can be in that valley. You can be in that season of stuck. You can be in that unfortunate, uncertain situation that has you afraid and it has you doubting and it has you questioning. Maybe it makes you just flat up pissed off. You can be in that season and guess what? Hope is free. It doesn't cost you anything. Faith, having faith even when you cannot see it, is the is the key that unlocks where you go from there. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And, and we're going to tie in how to have faith in the middle with also the element of understanding faith without works is dead. That's also truth, by the way. You can't sit back and just hope for something and then 
wish upon a star and expect for it to happen. It doesn't work. Trust me, I've tried. And maybe you've tried too. And you're like, all right, Steph, so, so give me the secret sauce. Well, first of all, this is not secret. Everything that I'm telling you, this isn't something that like those of us that have it figured out or those of us, well, let me tell you, I don't have it figured out, which is why I need to lean into my truth daily because guess what? I'm busy and I forget, or I'm, I'm human. And sometimes my own selfish ambition creeps in or my own pride creeps in. So, so we need this reminder all the time, but this isn't something that a select few, a special group of us have in our toolbox. This is something that is available for you too. So like I said, in the very beginning, I just want to help encourage you And I pray that this helps to maybe remove the veil that's in front of your eyes and just give you some clarity and some focus just so that way you can reconnect with what your purpose is in this season right now. So you can see clearly to where it is you're going or what lies ahead. Does that sound good? Okay. So if you, if you have been around me for any period of time, you have realized and you have learned that I tend to incorporate the physical, like the things that we can tangibly touch and see the practicality with the spiritual, the things that we cannot see, the things that we do need to hope for, and the things that happen around us that ultimately have an impact on the things that we see physically. Even if you are not a super spiritual person, I don't want to scare you off. Like, don't be like, oh, check out stuff. I'm done. I want you to hang out with me because here's what I'm going to show you. The two are connected. And if ever there has been a time in your life and in my life where we are required, like, hear me, we, we've been in a season where we've been hearing about whose work is essential versus whose is not. <sighs> this is essential for you to understand that this season right now is one which you need two sets of eyes. You need physical eyes. And this is if let's go to the example of being on a health and wellness journey where you are looking in the mirror, you are looking at how you look with your clothes on. You are maybe looking. I I don't I don't condone validating your worth in numbers. Like so when I say looking at a scale, it's something that you can measure and it's something you can quantify or like a measuring tape. I that's a whole different podcast about being released from the bondage of the scale because that that's my story. But we, some of us need the physical. We need to physically see things to go, okay, it's working. I don't know if it's working, right? So, so we need those eyes to see what's happening in front of us. But you also need spiritual eyes. This is where we talk about faith. This is where that comes in. You need to be able to have discernment to look at a situation and go, okay, I, I'm not seeing it happen right now, but this is what in my soul and the pit of my stomach and with every ounce of my being, this is what I know to be true. This is what I am believing for. This is what I am hoping for. We just read, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Do you see how you need both sets of eyes? This is important for so many reasons. And I'm gonna give you some examples, right? Let's let's start practically. Because I I want you to hang with me. If you are not someone that is very, if you're not deeply rooted in your faith, if you're like, Steph, I'm still a baby. I don't really even know what this even means. I want to give you practicality just so you can hang with me. Like, so, so hold my hand and I promise I won't let you go, but hold my hand. Let's walk through this together. Practically, what does that look like? Let's look at that before, right? If you are, we're going to stick with the example of 
health and wellness. Number one, because it's something that every single one listening right now can relate to. Second of all, here we are the first of, or the 20th of January. And statistically, most people, 80% of people have already said peace out to their, their new year's resolutions. And you've already fallen off the bandwagon. Uh, friend, I just want to like, jump through whatever device you're listening to me on right now. I just want to hug you first of all. And secondly, I want to extend my hand and pick you back up and say, ah, come on, let's go stand up. You got this stand up. So, so we're going to use that as an example because it's very relevant right now. Okay. So you look at where you are before. And I remember doing the same thing. In fact, um, you're going to hear me open my drawer. I'm going to go in and find a notebook of mine because this is actually an exercise I did with the ladies that I mentor. And we've done this exercise where we write down who we were before. So I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you to do this because I, listen, even if it's not something that you could benefit from right now, even if you're like, yeah, Steph, this doesn't really do me any good right now. I promise you it will be something. It will absolutely be something that you can break out later. So I did this exercise and maybe I'll share it in my stories on social media so you can see it. My before I was 45 pounds overweight, which timeout may not seem like a lot. Y'all, if you've met me in real life, I am five foot nothing. So even 10 pounds shows everywhere. But I was 45 pounds overweight. I was a yo-yo dieter. I was bonded to the scale that literally determined, by the way, whether I was having a good day or not. And I obsessed over it. I was unhappy in my own skin. I lacked so much confidence. I was a compulsive workaholic. And when I say that, it was a badge of honor to say that I was busy and working over 65 hours a week. I was an emotional eater. I was a binge drinker. I was a people pleaser. My worth was defined in my numbers. Like I shared with you in the scale, how much money I had in the bank account or how much I didn't have. I defined success based on my popularity. I believed that there was a God, but I didn't have any relationship with Jesus. My priorities were way out of whack. Like you want to talk about honoring your priorities, keeping the, the, the most important thing, the most important. Mine was backwards. Mine, it was my work, then family, and then myself when I had time. I had so many toxic relationships, so many friendships, people within my extended family that were just really, really negative. Um, we lived paycheck to paycheck. And, and even that, it was a good week if we could just break even. We had no savings account. We were over $80,000 in debt. And, and after my husband's third layoff, it completely broke us. And our marriage was very, very rocky. And we were at a point where having an extra $20, $20 would have made or break whether or not our bank account was in the red every month. Well, and actually I take it back. It was more than that. It was more like 200 every month. We were in the red $200 every month. And, and, you know, if you've ever struggled with finances and if you are in a relationship or in a marriage, you know, like what's the one thing we always argue about money. And so that, that was me before. So if you had to write out a list of who you, who you are, maybe today is the day that you draw the line in the sand and you go, okay, who am I right now? Who am I? Or if maybe you've been on your own journey for a while, think back to who you were when you first started. And, and we're going to talk about that for a minute. Here's why it's important. Because you are not going to be at that after yet. You are still not there. You are constantly, you are moving forward, even if it doesn't feel like you are. One baby step is still a move in a positive direction. So practically, what does that look like? I don't know what that looks like for you, but can I share with you what that looked like for me? For me, that looked like getting up an extra 30 minutes early, 
and getting my body moving because I knew that at the end of a long workday, after spending 10, 12 hours sitting in a cubicle, on phone calls, in meetings, the last thing I wanted to do when I got home with, with a four and a two-year-old, mind you, was move around. Honestly, all that I wanted to do was exactly what I did at the time. I plopped my behind in front of Netflix and I binged for two hours while I ate an entire sleeve of Oreos. That's all that I wanted to do. So practically, I had to be willing to sacrifice. I had to be willing to do something different in order to get something different. And so I was willing to sacrifice a little bit of sleep to get up, get moving. Was it easy? Nah. And I know, you know, those of you that follow me on social now and even Big Cram, because we get to do this stuff together. If you're new here, Big Cram is my husband, (laughs) by the way. But we now, this is something that we do together. We've made our health a priority. Um, That didn't come easy. Like uh, some of you have heard me share the story. When I first started, it took me an entire month to finish one workout because I kept quitting. And because I thought I was going to, I was going to have an asthma attack and I don't even have asthma. I thought I was going to die. So I kept quitting and it took me one month to get the discipline of being like, stop quitting on yourself. So I don't know who needs to hear this right now. Someone needs to stop quitting on themselves. Stop giving up because it's hard. You are stronger than that. The, the other thing, practically, what does that look like? How do you work for something instead of just sitting back and waiting for, for a miracle to happen? Well, you've got to, you've got to work for it. You've got to sweat for it. And not just physically and getting in an exercise and sweating it out, but maybe that means changing your daily routines. For me, I had to start learning to pack my lunch instead of hitting up the drive through window. I had to learn to have a plan and map out what was our family going to have for meals that week. One, it saved us money at the grocery store. Two, I had a plan. There was no, hey, what's for dinner? I don't know. Let's order a pizza, right? And, and we still do that now because it's fun. And I, I still don't feel like cooking. But but there's there was a plan, right? The other thing was shifting my mindset. I had to stop believing that I was a victim. I had to stop believing that I wasn't capable of doing hard things. And I had to break that mindset, those limiting beliefs and the self-bullying, the lies that would come out and go, oh, Steph, you remember how many other times you tried doing this thing and how many times you failed before? Oh, man, you remember how badly that hurt? I had to tell that inner mean girl to shut the F up. (laughs) Yes, you can be spiritual and and throw some shade and curse at the enemy because he comes to steal, kill and destroy. I had to, but, but hear me. I had to first physically see the weight melting off. I had to physically see that my clothes were starting to look better. I had to physically see the smile when I looked at myself in the mirror and, and feel like that was genuine, that I genuinely started to like myself a little bit. I had to see that physically before I could work on myself on the inside. And so if that's where you are right now, just keep going because I didn't have that discernment. I didn't have that inward mental fitness. I had to see it before I believed it. Now, I'm telling you, unless you are willing to have the mindset of as long as it takes, instead of, I'm going to give it three weeks. It's it's a 21-day program. I'm going to give it three weeks. And if this doesn't work, I'm assuming the program doesn't work. No, boo-boo. That's not it. The program works only if you work. Stop giving it the mindset of, I'm going to give this business six months. And then if I if, if I start seeing the income that I think that I'm deserving of having, then I'm going to stick with it. No, 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 no. All things worth having require time and consistency and patience and a little bit of internal grit. 
how willing are you going to stick it out? You got to stop having that mindset of putting a time frame on your after on the things that you want, because guess what? Most of us are expecting things that we want yesterday. Embrace the mindset of as long as it takes, I am in it to win it. I am trusting the process. If I could go back to myself, oh Lord, what, 2013, 2014, that would be the greatest lesson. Is Steph, be patient. Be patient. Focus on what you can control today. Those small, seemingly insignificant decisions that over time will add up. And they will compound and you will eventually get to that after. You will eventually get to that next mile marker. You will eventually see the fruit of your harvest. But keep planting seeds. Keep watering them. Keep showing up. And don't assume that what you are doing is not working. All right? So let's talk about the spiritual. Now, understand and hear me. Um, I am still learning. I am still on my journey, but I do know that the Lord has called me to be bold, to be courageous. He has called me to be an encourager, and that's literally all that I want to be for you right now as we go through these next couple moments together. Um, I recently shared something similar. I actually taught about this in a community that I'm a part of for Christian working women. And so what I'll do is in the replay, I'll post the link of that here. So you can go back and you can listen to that. So I'm not going to repeat what I said necessarily, but I'm going to expand upon it. And listen, for the busy friend right now, who's listening and you're like, Steph, I don't really know what I believe. Like I, I I've never read the Bible. I don't even know what I believe about this Jesus guy. Um, I want to share these pieces of evidence and these things with you, not to like be like Bible pounder or what is it, pulpit pounder, um, because I don't believe that works. But I want to speak to you from a place of love and also weave in my own personal experience, because I do believe stories are important. It's through other people's stories that we do see a piece of ourselves in that. And that's what gives us hope. And sometimes that's just what we need is a little bit of encouragement and going, okay, if she did that. I, like that sounds similar. I can relate to that. And it gives you a little bit of hope, perhaps dare I say faith that you have the potential and the ability to do the same thing or something similar, whatever that means for you. So I'm going to share with you stories this next little bit together. You cool with that? All right. Now, listen, if you got to, if you got to go to the bathroom or you got to take care of a kid, or if you've got to maybe answer a call for work or answer an email, feel welcome to push pause and then come back. Come back. 27 minutes. All right. We're, we're, I know this is a little bit longer, but listen, this is important. All right. So I'm staying. We're going to live in Hebrews 11. If you have a Bible, open it up. If you don't, find your iBible. Like Google it. <laughs> Pull up the Bible app. But this is where we're going to live. Um, and I, I read from the New Living Translation. It's NLT. Some friends, if you're just starting in your walk, you turn to the message version because it's the words are really simple. It's not like the fancy, like nothing against the King James version, but that could never hold my attention. I felt like I was sitting in the middle of a Shakespeare play that with two with and and I just I, I you lost my attention. Um I was one that like I remember in high school reading Romeo and Juliet 
And yes, I was that student. It was when the movie, do you remember with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes when that came out? I, I wasn't reading the actual Shakespeare play. No, I went and I got the movie because it was new and they were using words that I understood. And I mean, Leonardo at the time was just, he was a stud and he was really, really pretty to look at. And so I just, I watched that to help understand the story. I, I didn't do well. My, my ninth grade English teacher, Miss Fringer did not, well, she was none too pleased about how I would answer the questions because there were some things that didn't parallel. But I, I share that with you because what I want to give you is the, is the, I'm not watering down the truth, but I, I want to just give you comfort and take away the intimidation. All right. So Hebrews 11, it starts off reading what I just shared. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the evidence of things unseen. What I love about this, and I want to encourage you to dive in and read this by yourself, is because it tells stories. It tells stories. It tells stories. And, and one story, verse 7, is a story that even if you've never been to church, even if you've never opened the page of a Bible, you probably know the story about Noah. Noah, you know, the guy that built this huge ark because the earth was going to be flooded. And, you know, even if you did go to Sunday school or you've heard about the story as a child, it was, it was celebrating the animals. All the animals came on this ark. What I want to call out, we're not going to celebrate the animals, though that's great. What I want to do instead is I want to tell you the story about Noah. Verse seven starts off and it says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. Now, time out. Can we just, can we just talk about something real quick? Did you know that at this time Noah was building this ark? And, and first of all, he did it because he was obeying God. And it says God warned him about the things that had never happened before. And not only were people not prepared for what was about to happen, but do you understand no one knew what rain was. So I want you to imagine all of my people pleasers, this is speaking to your heart right now, or the person that's stepping out on a leap of faith and you're doing something that no one else in your family, no one else in the world around you has ever done before. You're like, I'm building a boat because it's going to rain. Now imagine the criticism, imagine the hate and the shade that was slung at him because he said, I'm building a boat because it's going to rain. Could you imagine the haters? Like the, the people that the trolls on social media coming at Noah and being like, rain? Huh? What? What? What is, what is this rain that you speak of? Show me. When is this going to happen? Oh, how, how silly you look building this big boat. What for? You're building this big boat in the middle of all this dry land. Do you know how ridiculous you look? How many of us right now have sat back and we have not been obedient to the thing that perhaps God has told us to do because we have been stopped by the opinions of those around us. The people that cannot see the vision, the people that do not understand for eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. And we are bowing down because of the fear of man more than we are stepping up and being courageous and honoring, being obedient to God. Understand he built a boat for something that no one else had ever seen. Can you imagine what would have happened, how the story would have taken a turn if he would have listened? I mean, that's just unbelievable. But he had faith. He trusted that the God that told him to go and build this boat, that picked him, handpicked him to complete this task, wasn't because he was perfect. It wasn't even because he was a carpenter and this is like his trade. He called him to do something that was completely out of character. 
But have you ever considered maybe the reason that God called you to do that thing, to start that business, to parent those children, to step out on a leap of faith in because you've got everything put together, sweet friend. Maybe it's because you've been called for such a time as this. Maybe it's because he knows, and and I believe that he does. He knitted us together in our mother's womb. He knows every single hair on your head. He knows your thoughts even before they hit your teeth to say them. Have you ever considered he knows what's inside of you? And it's because you can't do it by yourself in your own strength, stubborn friend, that he wants to do something through you so he gets the glory. And not only do you get to be blessed, but you get to be a blessing to bless other people. Noah built an ark and saved the world, essentially. Let's go, let's go to another story. I love this. Verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. All right, Abraham, you know, like go back to like little, little kid days of Sunday school. Father Abraham had many sons. Like I'm trying to sing just for entertainment. Y'all, I can't sing, but you know what I'm talking about. Abraham. Now I'm going to read that again. God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. I don't know if you've ever picked up and left a relationship, a job, a place that you've called home and felt, man, this is really scary. I've never done this before. I don't know if it's going to work. I, 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 I'm just, I'm scared because it's new. Friend, I can tell you I've done all three. You know, I remember graduating college and walking away from a seven-year relationship, like literally high school sweetheart, mutual friends. There was a comfort. I could have stayed put and the rest of my life would have been, it would have been smooth sailing. But I knew that's not where I was meant to stay. And I packed up and hear me. I didn't even know. I, I Like there was no faith at that time. There was no God. There was no Jesus. I was not at all deeply rooted. Like I, I didn't. There was no such thing. But I packed up. I left my friends. I left my family who was not happy because they weren't expecting that. And I moved 550 miles away. And I developed, I planted roots in Ohio because I just knew I had this feeling. And it was scary. I had never walked out on my own before. I had never left my home to go to a different place that I felt like that's where I needed to be. But still, I listened and I was obedient. I mean, fast forward years later, and it's it's how I met Jeremy. And it's where we have planted roots as a family. And, you know, Ohio is our home. It's where we're raising our kids and I can look back. Isn't that funny how we can do that? We can always look backwards and see how the Lord was orchestrating our steps every step of the way, even when we didn't realize it was him. And I sit back and I'm like, thank God I was courageous enough to go when he told me to go. Another example, back in 2018, I left my 14-year career in corporate America, working in human resources and staffing and talent acquisition. And I left. I walked away from a cushy salary, a cushy corporate salary, man. I was making $85,000 a year, which I know, like, I mean, that's pretty sweet. There's people that, that make more than that. 
And I walked away because God, I know without any shadow of a doubt in that moment, he told me to go. Now he had told me six months earlier to go. Now, some of you right now, you're like stuff. You, you, that sounds really weird. And you lost me. Have you ever had those, those feelings where it's like, you're not really sure. Like, am, am I saying this to myself? <laughs> it was one of those moments that summer, summer of 2018, the Lord had told me to go that I needed to trust him. And I knew what that go meant, but I was looking at my business at the time. Wasn't, wasn't as secure as my corporate job. There were a lot of ups and downs. I remember looking at my bank account and going, God, that doesn't make sense, man. Do you see what I'm walking away from? Do you see the security? And, you know, if you know my past growing up as a kid where, you know, we were on government assistance and, you know, mom didn't work from the day that I was born. And so um, it, it, when my parents got divorced, it wrecked us, you know, that money became an idol. And I sat back and I looked at my bank account and I was like, God, like, there's no way my family needs my salary, my guaranteed, my safe, cushy salary. I, I don't know how this is going to work. So for six months, I fought him. I was like, no, God, you're wrong. You are wrong. My timing and on my timing, when I see this, when I get to this amount and, and parents, this is that moment where we learn so much through how we parent our kids because for six months, that's what I did. I was disobedient. And I was basically telling my heavenly father that he was wrong. Spoiler alert, God's never wrong. <laughs> and and he he will not let up. Because like how we tell our kids, like I can say something to Emma and Brody. I said, clean up your room. I said, pick up your clothes. I said, do this. And, and we can give them grace. Like that's the beauty of this. Any good parent, we give our own kids grace. We're not going to bite their kids off. Like we're not going to bite their heads off the first time we tell them to do something. They don't do it. We, we're, we give them grace. But like any other good parent, after you've done told them three, four, five times and they still don't listen, at some point you get the, you know what I'm talking about? Jeremy's voice is much better than mine, his dad voice. I said, my, my voice just squeaks and my kids laugh. <laughs> I get it from my mom. But, but at some point you reach that, you reach that threshold where you're like, enough is enough. I said right? Some of us, like we shudder when we think about our parents' like mad voice. And that's literally what happened. I was sitting at a woman's conference um, with, she works his way. It was, we were sitting at our narrow conference. I had never been to anything like that before. The very last, you know, we closed it out in worship, which that's a whole different story. So amazing. But just before an hour before leaving to go to the airport and catch my flight home, like and audible. Now hear me. I do not hear from God all the time. I am not a, a prophetic person where he just speaks to me all the time. That doesn't happen. But I have to tell you this because there is no other explanation or reason why I would do something so like insane by those around me to pick up and leave my job if I didn't know that it was coming from him. And listen, like a butt whooping, like an audible, so loudly said, go. Oh, I shudder. I still get goosebumps. And so I came home, talked to Jeremy, and I, my words were, you're going to think I'm crazy. But I, I prayed on it. I gave a two-month notice just in case I was wrong. But two months later, I walked away from my corporate job and 
I became devoted not just to my family, but to my business and the work that he was calling me to do. Still coaching, still mentoring women in health and fitness, still mentoring them in growing their own businesses, and then doing things like this, starting a podcast, starting an online academy. I, I, I didn't go to school for this stuff. But he said, go. And so I went. I trusted him. Let's go back to Hebrews 11, verse 8. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner, living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same land. Here's, here's what I want you to understand. Maybe you have been obedient and you said yes to that last thing that God told you to do. I, I did. I walked away and I left. Can I be honest with you, friend? It's been hard. My business didn't massively blow up the moment that I left my corporate job. In fact, if I can be honest with you, 2019 was a shit show. There were more moments. If you could have seen, if I would have had a hidden camera in my office, there were more moments where I was curled up in a ball, like in the fetal position, bawling my eyes out, saying to my husband, maybe I'll just update my resume and go back. Maybe this isn't what I, maybe I got it wrong. You know, the amazing thing, every single time that happened, there were three times, every single time there was another word from God, whether he used another person, whether he used a message, a sermon that I was listening to, he used my big brother bear, Chris Downing in one of them. And he was like, don't go back. Didn't even know the situation. Bear didn't even know what we were struggling with. And he, I was talking to him on the phone and he was like, sis, I, like, I don't even know why, but I feel like I got to tell you, don't go back. And I was like, what? And as I sat at my desk bawling and he's like, no, I'm sorry. And I'm like, do you understand like what you just confirmed? Don't go back. Don't go back. Sometimes it requires faith and just still staying still. Sometimes faith isn't like go do this or go do that. Sometimes faith means just staying put. If you've been obedient to the last thing that God called you to do, sometimes faith means just standing still. So friend, someone right now on the other side of this needs that confirmation like I did. Don't go back. Don't go back to that relationship that you've been freed from. Don't go back to that job that you've been set free from. Don't go back. Trust him. Stay still. All right. One more story. Can I give you one more story? I promise it's worth it. Hebrews 11. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. If you don't know the story about Sarah, let me just Cliff's Notes version for you. Sarah was Abraham's wife. Now, the promise that God had given them before was that your ancestors, you will be the father, Abraham. Sarah will bear the children to a great nation. There will be so many of them that you won't be able to count them. It'll be like sand along the seashore. That sounds pretty incredible. But for a woman who one was old, two, she was barren, meaning she couldn't have kids. Can you imagine the frustration? Can you imagine? Like maybe you are sitting in that situation now where you've been told I can't have kids or you've been told through the medical report, it just doesn't seem possible. It seems like all hope is lost. We are sitting in a season, in real life, in, in the world around us, where it feels like hope is all lost. I, I don't see how this can possibly work. How, how do I find hope, Steph? Like, where's, where's the faith? Come on, God, where are you? It, we're, we're, we're done. I want to remind you that we serve a God of the impossible. We serve a God who parted the Red Seas for his children of Israel 
and the entire Egyptian, Pharaoh's entire army, he said, go for the enemies that you see today, you will not see tomorrow. And he delivered on that promise. Is the same God that told Sarah, you will be the mama to a great nation. And it says, verse 12, and so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation, so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. But she believed that God would keep his promise. Friend, let me just tell you, even in my personal life, as I just shared with you, there's been, and that was just one moment of, you know, one day, maybe I'll write a book about it. There were so many times where I felt like that this is it. There's, there's no, there's no hope. How show me the hope in this really, really horrible situation. But if God spoke it, know that he's not one that he should lie. And if he had led you to it, he is going to keep walking with you through it. And here's, here's where I want to kind of bring it home and just, you know, imagine I've got my hands wrapped around you and I'm just loving on you. I just want to hug you. Verse 13, it says, all these people died still believing what God had promised him. They didn't receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and they welcomed it. Friend, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you very practically. And we know this practically tomorrow's not promised. It's not promised to us. And this is where I said in the beginning of this podcast, you need two sets of eyes. You need your physical eyes to physically see what you can see. But if that's the only set of eyes you're looking through, you're going to miss it. And you're going to stop in the middle. You're going to give up when you hit that plateau on your health and fitness journey. You're going to give up when when your business or when your career looks like you're climbing and you're at the top of your game and then something happens and you fall down and it plummets. You are going to lose faith when you lose a child, when you lose that pregnancy when you miscarry. You're going to lose faith when your child goes wayward and they start acting a fool and you feel like I, I don't know how to I don't know how to bring them back when they when they become a prodigal. You will lose faith when it looks like your marriage is on the rocks. You will begin to lose faith when it looks like your bank account there's not enough. Friend, what you focus on expands. And so I just want to challenge you if ever there has been a time for you to learn how to strengthen your spiritual muscle, it's right now. You need to start looking through your spiritual eyes. That just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't still have your name on it and it's not going to show up at your house. And sometimes, like this wasn't part of what I was going to say, but I feel like the need to say it. Abraham and Sarah, they died not yet seeing their promise. I mean, they did have a son. (laughs) They did have a son. They did have Isaac. And you can go back in the Bible and you can read that story. It's amazing. But they didn't see the multitude of their their descendants. Have you ever considered that the reason why your battles right now seem so strong, why you are fighting, why everything seems like a fight, have you ever considered that it's intended not to take you out, but so you can conquer those giants so that your children and your children's children, and your children's children's children don't have to. I only say that because I can look back on my own personal life and there's things, and and this is not intended to be disrespectful or dishonor my parents or my grandparents or my great-grandparents, 
But I look back on things that I have personally experienced growing up. And with spiritual eyes, I've seen giants. I've also seen the the battles and the fights that were supposed to be won by one or both of my parents, one or both sets of my grandparents, but they didn't take them out. So guess what happens? It gets passed on to me. So when the enemy tried to come and take my marriage, when he tried to create a divide between me and Jeremy, when he tried to numb the hurt that I was feeling with food and alcohol, because if I was numb, I couldn't feel it. I couldn't face it. I had to discern that season and I had to make a decision. Ah, you may have taken my family out. You're not taking me out. And I see you coming at me so hard, but, but now I know you're coming at me so hard because of the anointing that I have, because of the promise that God spoke over my life. And I'll be damned if you're going to get a hold of my kids. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes the middle, that valley that you're in right now, it's not even about you. It's not even about you, but you think it is. You think it's all about you. Sometimes that valley, that middle that you are in right now is for you to slay that giant, for you to take Goliath down so he doesn't come after your kids. You think I'm playing? I can't. I, I challenge you to sit back and look at pieces of your life. What habits are you repeating that your parents, your grandparents, maybe you saw them? What, what words are you using to your spouse, to your loved ones that you remember having someone that was supposed to love you and protect you and cover you that they used to say to you? Are you, are you repeating history? Are you continuing that generational curse? Or are you breaking the chain? Are you stepping out of line so it ends with you? Sweet friend, that's what I want to encourage you with today. Listen, I know this episode has been longer than I typically plan. But this is going to be one that I want you to come back to. Having faith in the middle requires being bold and it requires being courageous and it requires you having a persistence and an unsquishable spirit to not give up. For you to not just define your worth or your success or your results based on what you can physically see in the mirror or what you can see in the world around you, but instead it requires you to remove the veil from your eyes, to ask God to help you do that. Help me to see clearly and for you to look past what you can physically see to the promise that he has spoken because he is a good, good father and he is one that he should not lie. If you can do that, That gives you the encouragement, the strength, and dare I say, the motivation for you to pick yourself up and do the things, to get to work, to earn that sweat, to do those hard things, to make those sacrifices that it takes in this season so you can live the life that you want to live three, five, ten years from now. It's going to encourage you to get up and do those income producing activities that you don't really feel like doing. They're not fun. They're not sexy, but it's going to move your business. It's going to move your career in a positive direction. See, faith without works is dead. You can't just sit back and go, all right, God, you said to do it. Now do it. No. If Noah would have never picked up a hammer and a nail to build the ark, he would have never been saved. God wasn't going to build it for him. It required him to move. If Abraham had not picked up all of his stuff and moved, physically 
to another land that God said that he would give him, he would have never have met his inheritance. Friend, you got to move. When he says go, you got to move. But then trust that the outcome is no longer your responsibility. It's all his. It's all his. And that, for those of us that are feeling heavy burdened and just beat down and frustrated, maybe it's because you're still holding on to something that God's told you to let go of. How do I know that this is true? Remember in the beginning of this chat, I told you we're going to do a fun little exercise that on a piece of paper, I encouraged you split it, draw a line down the middle. That's your line in the sand. On one side, write out all the things. Who are you before? Who were you before? The other side, I want you to write your after. And this is where I'm going to leave you. Seven years into my own journey. And that's just health and wellness, which then opened the door to work on my mindset, which prepared my heart to be able to work on the spiritual stuff. Y'all, I've I've only been, gosh, I've... When was it? 2018 was when I was, no, yeah, 2018 was when I was saved. I'm still a baby. I'm still, I'm still learning. But this is my after. And I only share this with you, not for you to, to measure or compare your yardstick to mine, but I just want to give you hope. I've released 45 pounds. I am mindful of my eating habits. I, I still love my sweets and treats. If you follow me on social media today on my stories, I was like, get some cake, get some wine. But it's balance. I'm not bonded to it. I'm not leaning into that as a crutch. The scale does not define me. I love my body. I know it's not perfect. I still have stretch marks from carrying two cram children. I still have sagginess. And, and believe me, I don't have the... The, the abs that I once had when I cheered in college and, and professionally, but I know that God makes no mistakes. I've gained confidence, not in arrogance, but confidence. I love my work. I love what I get to do every day, but I know when to step away. I still struggle with emotional eating. Trust me. But now I can recognize the triggers and, and I don't lean into food to fix those things. I go to the root. I'm no longer numb. I'm not afraid to say no. <laughs> oh, that was so hard for me to do. But instead, I've learned to protect my yes. I know that my worth and my value is in Jesus Christ and that God says that I am his prized possession. My success is not defined by popularity. It's defined by my impact. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, not my bank account not the title of my work. My priorities are now God first, family second, work third, and in that order. My relationships are healthy. I've restored a lot of broken ones. I feel full. I've learned to be a good steward of my money, trying to give more away than what I keep for myself. We now have an emergency fund. We have a savings account. My credit cards, student loans, all of my bad debts have been paid off. And even when my husband was laid off for the fourth time, yes, there was a fourth time, the beginning of this pandemic, he was laid off a fourth time. We were able to do something different. Instead of panicking, we dropped to our knees. And even though we didn't like it, we trusted that God was not going to call us to something that he was not going to walk us through.
we stood still and we kept our heads above water. And man, won't he do it? He, he did. Those of you that, that followed on social, you saw he, you know, he, he got a month sabbatical, <laughs> a month's vacation, was offered a job closer to home, better territory, better, better people to be around. Like it was just, it was a better opportunity because we trusted God in the middle. Friend, I just want to trust you. Whatever your middle is right now, I just want you to trust him. Even if you can't see it, dive into his word. Go back and and reflect on what are the things that you know, like unshakable in your spirit that he has said to you. For if he has said something, he's not one that he should lie. And know that if he has started a good work in you, he will see it through to completion. You just got to work it out and you got to walk it out and you got to trust and have faith. I love you so much, so incredibly much. Thank you so much for hanging here with me, my Lord. We've been chatting for an hour, (laughs) but I'm glad that you're here. Listen, because I know that you are so busy, I'm just, I'm grateful that you trusted me enough to lean in and stay with this conversation. Here's what I want to ask of you. The only thing. One, if there's anything that I could be praying with or for you about, will you reach out and let me know? The second thing is I just want you to take these next couple of days and be still. Shut off the chaos, shut off the, the craziness and the noise around you. Give yourself permission. It's not going to be easy, but just be still. And all that I want you to do is with those white knuckles, your, your tight fists, I want you to open your hands and be ready. Because I believe that God's going to, he's going to give you something. It's going to be a word. It's going to be peace. But I just want you to prepare your heart to be able to receive whatever it is he's sending you. Because here's what I know. It's good. All right, friend. I love you. And until next time, I'll see you soon.